Welcome in everybody and welcome to exploring the indigo frequency with myself, Lisa Gunshore, and the beautiful and talented Denise Dryden. Welcome back. I'm so excited to do this show with you. I've been counting the days down. This has been a really, it's just building and now we're on the full moon, right? So we have all of this frequency beaming on us while we're ready to talk about what does it mean to be an indigo? Well, and I love, we kicked off our very first show on the full moon. And of course, here we are on the full moon again. So I hope we keep our, I mean, in theory, we'll keep our full moons going all year long, but I really love it so much. And it's perfect because the moon, to me, the moon is so much of who the indigo is, assuming the moon is real, right? Like, assuming, oh, that's true. But I mean, or the moon we think it is or whatever. I really, you know, what's funny is I got really obsessed with the second moon uh, for like a long time. I just wanted to connect with the second moon for like the longest time. Hi, Jason. Welcome in. Um, so just want to remind everybody who is joining in on the live, please ask questions. Please share because this is like our indigo laboratory and we're, we're just exploring and learning. And Denise is like our guide and our expert. And then all of us that are indigos here with her, like soaking this all up. So I want to hear from you guys. I'd love to hear what's going on with the new moon or the full moon, sorry, and how you're feeling. Um, and Denise, how are you doing? And are we ready to dive in? I am so ready to dive in. You know, we were talking about the moon and I was listening to Carrie Cassidy last night. You know, I was just doing it, something mindful, you know, mindless and listening to her and going like, and she said this one thing, it just went by and caught me, which is, you know, our conscious is only 10 to 20% and that all of the wealth within us is in our unconscious and the moon is connected to our unconscious. You know, so it's kind of like on that full moon, everything starts stirring and we start remembering or having visions or breaking that seal between the unconscious and the conscious. And so I like the idea that we're tapping into and empowering the, the indigo while there's a moon that's, that's sort of opening it up and saying there's more underneath here, come play with it. Oh, I love that. Well, and it's, I can't help but go to Tarot because it's so much a part of my whole life. Um, but of course it makes me think of the high priestess always and yeah. her silvery blue, just special moon energy. You know, she has such a strong connection to the moon and to the Kabbalah and to all of those things. So I, I love it. It's like all of the essence. And I love this. We've got the blue butterflies going on. Thank you. Girl. I love it. Awesome. That's the butterflies yeah. are such a good um, image. They're the image that I'm using in my book of the indigo, especially the translucent image or wings. You know, it's just like, mm -hmm. oh, there we go. So anytime the butterflies come up, I'm like, yes. Sorry, I didn't mean to jump in there. I was like, no, I'm so glad you did. And and I think we talked offline, but I have a turquoise and purple butterfly tattoo is my first tattoo I got when I turned 18. And it makes me giggle because I did in fact get it because it means transformation. And I was stepping into adulthood turning 18. Um, but man, does it mean so much more now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I just love these comments. So um, last time when the, was our first one and we talked about basically, you know, what does it feel like, you know, when we use some of these words to describe and we introduced the idea that, you know, the, the indigo is a, a seeded frequency. 
and that it was seated on purpose here on earth in order to sort of break some old density, some old oppressions. And that that is a task that has been a, been a bit daunting, right? <laughs> when you really think about it. And that, you know, and if you want more information on that, you can go back and watch that one because we really were very succinct in some of the words and descriptions. Um, so maybe today what I was thinking we could do was first, like, talk about the feedback we got. You know, um, we had a lot of suggestions like, hey, talk about this, talk about this. And you compiled them all and you were sending me some of those lists. Would, do you want to go through at least some of the core themes of what that was about? Yeah, for sure. I think the the number one thing is so many of you guys connected with what we were talking about. So we clearly are reaching the indigos. That's that's what we want to reach are these indigos back here and have you guys really get connected with us and start to explore who you are. And also it feels like this gathering of this warrior energy. So there was a lot of great comments of just, wow, I really am experiencing that. Mm -hmm. But we also got a lot of questions and we got a lot of questions about your kids like, what are your kids? Who are they? And what are they? Um, and and so just like I say in every reading, I'm sure you do this too, Denise, with your clients. But when we work with our clients, it's always like, listen, like, this is not about everyone else. This is about you. And so we're going to talk about that feedback for sure today. I'm excited to dive into that because there was a lot of you asking about your kids and what they are. And, um, you know, we want to talk about you and who you are as an adult. Um, and then we also got some really great feedback just asking questions about some of those symptoms and signs that we were talking about, like tinnitus, um, the authority, you know, you know, not getting along with authority or being anti-authority is the word I was looking for. Um, so that was what our feedback was. It was a lot of, a lot of connection and also a lot of wondering what exactly is an indigo? Am I sh for sure one? Or is my child one? What does that mean? Yeah. Beautiful. And, and what we noticed when Lisa and I were talking about the feedback was how easy it is. And I'm like the first one to say it was like, Oh, <clears throat> how do I explore this for my partner or for my child or for, you know, like, like move it out and move it over. And excuse me, I just started to cough a little bit. <clears throat> what I noticed is that it's trained within us to bypass ourselves. So it's almost like move it out and, and move over into the external. And that is the pattern that has been in, you know, in place with us as Indigo's from the time where we were born. And, and pr primarily, I'm going to always say, because if you can get us out of our body, out of holding our frequency, out of our full attention, then you break some of our power. And so that's what I want to really pay attention to is that external basis. Like, how do we bring it back in tonight and say, so let's talk about you. Let's talk about what you were like as a child. Let's talk about what you must have experienced in with your parents in school, in work, you know, your intuition, your ability, you know, your rebel ability against authority. And so let's just dive in on that part. That's, that's where I want to go is what, what resides in you. And so that we can, you know, talk and validate and look you right in the eye and say, you know, as an adult indigo, we see you, we get you, we know what we're doing with this conversation. So let's empower it and start to chisel away at some of those, those old patterns and those old pieces that keep us from being as strong as we really are. 
Yeah. Well, and I'd love for you guys who are watching right now um, to share in the chat some of these things that come up for you, because it's kind of like I always think it's like making popcorn. When we start to talk about this, it starts to activate. I know even after our last show, it really activated some direct experiences that I had in my life that when I started putting them together with the information that you shared in the last show, it was like, oh my God. So the more that we can all share with each other, the more we activate each other and we start to remember, yeah. like I had this memory, I'm left-handed and I am not just left-handed. I'm like hardcore left-handed. And um, to use my right hand is very peculiar in all ways. And my second grade teacher would not let me write with my left hand. She was constantly trying to get me to conform. And it made me so angry. I hated that teacher. And, and my parents actually advocated for me and came and at a conference and said, like, you need to let our daughter write with the left. She's left-handed. Like she has to write with her left hand. And it was like an ordeal that I had completely forgotten about till last week when, when we talked about the traits of an indigo. And would that not be like an indigo trait, like to be operating outside of that system and to have somebody pushing you to conform. It seems like that is something that we butt up against is this constant push to conform and almost like a shaming to conform. Is that connected to the indigo? Well, of course, because the indigo child from birth on is super observant and very strong-willed. And, and, and can almost like look at you and say, my, my favorite is I'll do whatever you need me to do. As long as I understand why you need me to do that. Mm-hmm. Because if we're observant and we're, and we're intuitive and we're looking at our parents and we're going like, eh, you know, they're just, they're just yelling. They're just, you know, putting directions. And then we transfer it over to teachers or we transfer it someplace else. Unless we understand why or at the core that that person is asking us in truth they're representing in authenticity what they need us to do then we were totally respectful and we know yeah that's what we're going to do you know um tara over at mother's intuition is like yes yes they are (laughs) so very strong-willed independent and 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 garen's jumping right in there thank you garen (laughs) um And like, no is our favorite word because it's, if we don't want to do something, we go, no. And then if there's a pushback on our no, we don't understand why they took our no so personally and why we're in trouble for standing up for something that we intrinsically know is either good for us or not good for us. Yeah. Yeah. Garen's like, I remember doing this. Now, let me ask you, Denise, because it's my understanding that as indigos, we actually are programmed to say no. Like we have like a something inside our genetic code where we do not conform and almost are, are like inherently pushing against that conformity. Is that what do you know about that? I would move out of conformity and, and look at, um, they hold the light codes of truth. So as when you hold the light codes of truth, anything that, that is not truth feels painful, feels, um, disrespectful, feels, um, uh, challenging to us. And so, you know, you're continually wiping away and trying to create the truth and you're holding it out there. And then it's just being dumped on with more mud and more 
um, ambiguity and, and, and less clarity. And so what, what it's not so much about conforming to the pressure to conform to the external. It's about how come you don't see the truth and what am I supposed mm-hmm. to do? And when you speak up as a child, and I think many of us saw this, like, how come, how come you smile when you're with her, but you don't smile when dad comes home? You know, like something like that. It's like, shh, you don't do that in this house. And you're like, I don't understand why. And so those truth pieces, learning the parameters of social um, uh, propriety and respect and, and authority is, is like, no, I'm not going to do that. And we get in trouble for that. Mm-hmm. We get punished for that. We get disciplined for that, for holding truths. Mm-hmm. Garen's like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's activating me too that what you said about like, because we see truth, like what you're saying about like, why are, why are you this way? And why are you that way? I, I feel like there's a, the, the, the immature emotional indigo, which I have definitely been in this lifetime at one point or another. Um, we, we really start, it starts to ingrain that codependency habit where you, there's almost some gaslighting because you're like, I see this thing but you're like eight years old and you're being told, no, you don't see this thing. No, you know, that's not what's happening when really they're just trying to hide something that we see. And then it's like a whole process of unraveling as a mature indigo. You have to unravel all of that. It seems like I'm curious how many of you guys out there have been there where you were gaslit for what you saw, felt, believed. And then you have to unravel that later because it creates these, these patterns. Mm -hmm. Kind of checking to see who's going to jump in there. I know. There's like three main things that happens to the indigo child. One is that um, they are going to tell the truth. We know this, right? They're going to say, so what about this? How come the rules, you're, you, you treat my brother this way, but you say this to me? They look at inconsistencies. They call it out. So one is that they either learn how to manage, they become a little bit mature or they come mature faster and they learn how to move around and navigate, right? Mm -hmm. Or they go to rage. And Mm so, you know, you have that temper tantrum, you have the energetic, explosive, strong-willed child. You have the one who's like, hey, you're not going to listen. I'm just going to blow this family system up. I'm going to blow up the dinner. I'm going to do whatever I need to, to make sure that everything's scattered. And then the third one is what we saw a lot of when we talked about this in the first um, show was that it slowly wears down, which is like, I don't know what to do. And so our self-esteem, our self-confidence, our doubts, our hiding, our victim energy starts to become really big because in, and especially if there is a um, propensity within the family system to use power as a discipline tool. And so have that patriarchal power dominant because I said so, or that if I need to look, if I give you that look one more time, you know, you're in trouble or go pick out which utensil or which discipline tool you want this time. Cause you're going to get a beating. You know, these are the kind of things that you're, that the indigo starts to, 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 to brace and per, and move around to avoid. So it's avoidance. It is management. It's manipulation. It's outbursts. It, and it's all this strong will. Like, I don't know what to do when I have to be compromised constantly. 
So that's how like the child thing. So it seems like, you know, it's, we can look back in our past and say, was I one of those loud, you know, break the rules mm-hmm. no all the time? Or did I, you know, get, get into that, that hovering down and, and even becoming small so that I don't rock the boat? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm loving these comments. So first off, Garen saying rage was his. I'm right there with you. I'm Irish Catholic psychic girl. Um, <laughs> and uh, Miss Ashley says these are wonderful points we're sharing. Yay, and then, Ashley. <laughs> yeah, and then Tracy, welcome, Tracy. She says, I'm late to the game, but oh my, whatever you're talking about is my childhood. Um, I love this. We got a great question. Do indigos conform to gaslighting? Um, or are there levels? I have experienced children and adults who refuse to be gaslit and they don't seem to ever get entangled, but they will just blow things up. If there's a high level of intuition and confidence and skill sets, let's say you're really slick and you're witty and you can see things happening. I have a client whose brother's like that. He just moves around. We call him the artful dodger right? He just sort of doesn't let anything stick on him. That's when the gaslighting doesn't stick on that, on that kid. So uh, I was not one of those kids. I was one of those ones who just kept hitting up against the same thing over and over again and, and expecting a different response because I couldn't understand why there, why my parents were not truthful with me or what was going on inside of them that were making, that was creating that behavior in them when they wouldn't talk about it. So they had all these secrets and they had all these, this withholding, and it was very hard to navigate in the house. So there was gaslighting going on because if I pushed too hard, then there was something wrong with me. Mm -hmm. So Tara, yeah, you know, there is that gaslighting that goes on. Yeah. Well, and that's interesting. I'm, I'm with Garen, like with the rage piece for sure. I had, I had and had a temper and, um, I I was just sitting here thinking while you're talking, I don't really remember being gaslit ever. I think it helped because I'm multi-generational psychic. It helped. There wasn't like a, Oh, you're not what you're saying. It's like bullshit. You know what I mean? It wasn't like that. Um, but what did happen is there was a lot of just stop, stop talking, like stop, just don't even like, don't go there. So there was a, a forced suppression or a hiding. And that definitely was what, you know, turned on my rage, I think over time, because you get so angry because you're so tired of keeping your mouth shut about what you're seeing and feeling and experiencing. And that carries on through your whole life, right? You know, especially if you have gifts, which all of us do, by the way, if if you have, you know, any psychic gifts, you don't just openly share those. And there's something about like consistently being quiet that, really can build the rage, I think, at least for me. And I think for probably most indigos, I'm guessing. Well, and if you're out of alignment with your family system, let's say your parents are trying to, they're doing the very best they can. They've done what their parents did or what they see, they read in books or what they see in television or what someone tells them, right? You know, your daughter's, your, don't let your daughter talk to you like that. You know, she's too strong. You need to break that girl down a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that means that there's not a trust system in the family where, or any validation on the third eye, you know, having visions, you know, being able to pull in intuition, being able to psychically see storylines, to see the truth, to um, have, like, I talk about the Claire's to have, you know, the ability to hear the spaces in the words between the parents with, with Claire audience, the clairvoyant to be able to see what's going to happen four steps from now 
and, and already know what to anticipate, there's no validation if there isn't a relationship. So there's no encouragement in building of those skills. At least that's mm-hmm. what has happened with a lot of the norms, um, uh, normal average families is that no one was really, they're talking about Christian faith. They're talking about their religious beliefs. They're talking about what's important about school, but they're not supporting these intuitive. Look at all of these folks here who are experiencing anger and couldn't experience their emotions. Mm-hmm. That's that's pretty intense for everybody out there. I mean, really, I here's what I'd love to do, Denise, because it's it's fun for us to look back at our childhood and connect the dots. Right. Um, however, we noticed so many of you guys are trying to connect the dots for your own kids. And so I think it would be fun to shift gears a little bit and talk about what it's like to be an indigo as an adult. I yeah. think that would be great. And I, I know you're down <laughs> and you know, you, I was looking at this list and, and I think I would be curious. I don't know if this is where we want to go, but, um, I love the whole concept of talking about how we manage work and career. Because as adults, as indigos, mm-hmm. man, is that hard to have work and career, especially in the matrix system. <laughs> <laughs> or, 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 well, okay, so it, let's go school and then work. Because okay. in school, that traditional model doesn't work very well. So, so we are creative. We're problem solvers. We have clarity on bigger picture stuff and we have systems and codes within us that work really well. So in school, we hit walls or we move with it. And then the same thing happens with work. You know, when we, you know, we're not going to be the the 40 hour a week or the put your 60 hours a week and get your gold watch, have a, a partner, two kids in a, in a white picket fence. That's just never going to appeal. Or we might try it on for a while and, and go, well, that was fun. Now I'm done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I might do it a couple of times thinking it, it gets different, but we're not going to approach things from an institutional or an expectation way. So Um, What I noticed about work is that we're entrepreneurial. We're self-directed. We like to lead um, or we like to work by ourselves. But if our ability to, to get recognition or to be seen or heard is dependent on teamwork and the team is off, you're like, ah, I'm not doing this. I'll quit the job before I do this kind of teamwork. Mm -hmm. So is that what you're experiencing in work, how many of us are entrepreneurial? How many of us have hit the wall with some of these work parameters or expectations that are old systems that are on their way out? Yeah, well, I was one for sure. Um, and yeah, I love so Tracy was responding very intense about just everybody dealing with anger. And Barbarella said, I felt like I didn't belong, I felt like I was adopted, which I bet many indigos can relate to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I'd love to hear from you guys about what Denise is asking about here. And I know for me, I recognize now that my 20 years in fashion retail, um, while it, it's a system, retail is its own animal. And so I think it served me as an indi- indigo because, um, 
you know, you're, you're kind of not, it's not a Monday through Friday, nine to five. It's not boring. You know, you're doing a lot of different things and you're working with a lot of different people. Um, however, uh, managing teams I'm great at, but being managed was not fun for me at all. Um, oh, I love this. So Denise, the other Denise, uh, Denise Maple says, I've been entrepreneurial since I was a teen. I've been finding ways to be independent ever since. And Garen, again, agreeing. Yeah. No. I've worked outside the norms. Um, I, I tried teaching. I made it through three years. And then I was like, I'd rather do one-on-one tutoring. Mm -hmm. or teaching. Um, you know, every time I went in, if I didn't have the autonomy to do what I wanted, it didn't work. Now, there is one thing that I, I want to bring up. And I think you and I have talked about this off camera a, a couple of weeks ago is that if you want to look good as a boss, you get yourself an indigo and you make a lot of promises and you give them the autonomy to work and they make you look good. Because, mm. you know, we're hardworking. We're outside the box thinkers. We're trying new ideas. We're throwing things in. So we grow people in their positions. We grow above us. We grow companies. We grow theories. We grow restaurants. We grow things for other people and they love us, but they don't give us anything, any recognition for it. Yep. Tracy says, light bulb, my current employer loves me because I fix things. <laughs> I'm stepping what I need. I'm working for the government and it is suffocating me. I don't know how you're doing that, Tracy. <laughs> you're working for the government. I don't know. Uh, but uh, you're right. As long as my best bosses were the ones who let me do my thing and my worst bosses were the ones who did not let me do my thing. <laughs> and and uh, I changed my store's uh, look and design as much as I change websites. I was constantly changing everything, but you know, that's what people love is that, you know, how are we as Indigos as change agents? I think of myself as a change agent, but is that an Indigo thing? I would say not necessarily by nature, but more by survival. There's mm -hmm. boredom, repetition, um, redundancy is, is sort of the, it's the, the repetitive energy that saps the indigo who's got to hold a frequency and sort of beam it out there already. So new challenges, new frontiers, new opportunities, as long as they're not too big and too often, then those are also exhausting. So it's sort of like there's this balance in between. So catalyst for change. Um, there is a piece that shows up when we're indigos as adults is that we are <laughs> creators and destroyers at the same time. So we can come in and we can just by sitting in a board meeting with a new team at a program, I could watch it just go like this on all the things they were doing well. And everything that wasn't working would just start coming up and they go mm -hmm. like, ever since you arrived, this place has been falling apart. And I'm like, mm. and it has nothing to do with anything I touched or did, it's that I hold the energy of integrity and truth. And that, that is, that, it, that is not in integrity will start to dismantle. So we are destroyers and dismantlers as much as we are creators and catalysts. And mm -hmm. we hold both of those at the same time. Well, and I love that you're saying that because as you were saying it, I was seeing that exact thing. I was seeing like, because we hold this truth frequency and I find that because we hold the truth frequency, people who are not truthful are very uncomfortable in our space. I've had people 
who are supposed to have lunch with me, like cancel. I've had people show up at my home and leave immediately and they can't even explain it, but there's this discomfort of like, oh, I can't manipulate here. Even if it's at a very deep subconscious level, it's very interesting. And we can't pretend. Um, <laughs> I've, I, I saw an image once in, and somebody made an analogy to uh, I'm not going to go there. It was just, it was just a public personality that, 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 that person is like a wall of mirrors. And I thought, I think that makes sense. It's almost as if whatever that person is holding, I mirror it back. So I'm just a series of reflection mirrors and people can't do that if they're, if they're uncomfortable, if they are um, out of integrity. And then it's a hard thing because we don't know we do that right? We don't know that that's what we do. So we come walking in like, I'm going to have lunch. And then we watch this, this behavior come at us or this avoidance or this attitude. And we're thinking, what did I do? And so it feeds that victim part, which is things fall apart. People get mad. People try to break me when I'm around. Or how rare is it for someone to go, you're magnificent. I love being around you. I glow when I'm with you. Thank you so much for your energy and your presence. And you, and, and at that point, then you become really just glowing and magnificent. How often does that really happen to us? Hmm. Only when we're around other indicos. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about it, right? What do we have here? We've got... Um, and it's a lonely job. I, I want to talk about Barbarella says, as an adult, yeah. I'm hard had any true friends. And when we were talking about the childhood thing, I wanted to also mention that, that it's lonely. There aren't a lot of kids to play with. There aren't a lot of people who want to hang out with you. Um, it is, so we're not talking about the general public. We're talking about even seated within the Gen Xers. What are those like 20%, 30% of the population that don't always click because they don't know what to say because they see the games, they see this. And then we bring it into our adulthood. We don't have a lot of friends. We have a tribe mm-hmm. right out. You know, <laughs> I've got people all over the, all over the country, all over the world that I talk to on zoom. Mm-hmm. Maybe it doesn't on the whole world. Yeah. So, so it is lonely, Barbarella. It is, it is, it's odd. It's off. Mm-hmm. That we have these enormous tasks, but we're so alone doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. The, that hermit energy is big, right? And as a Scorpio, I think, you know, I'm good with that. Um, and yet it is it is a lonely journey for sure, which is part of why we're doing this for all of you guys. I mean, really part of why we're doing this is because we want to talk about it. We want to, you know, come together. I love mother's intuition says creators and destroyers full blown. I'm having a few issues with clients because they're coming to help their intuitive kids, but they leave because they feel too overly seen. Oh yeah. When, when, as a parent coach, when I have to come in and say, "Mm, you're doing harm by overlooking by your tone of voice by, because, because indigos are also, they're high frequency beings. So they have high levels of um, uh, empathic skills, high levels of sensitivity. Elaine Aaron wrote an entire book about this generation of kids. You know, they're they're reactive and they're highly sensitive. And at the same time, it's, it's like, how do you address all of that, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And Tracy says, this explains so much why everyone in the office loves me and when I am there, but I can't seem to get it in return. Um, yeah, that loneliness, that, that, that's a real thing between what Barbarella is saying and what Tracy is saying. That's a real thing where everyone wants our support. You know, like you said, indigos can make bosses look great, but when you're in need of support, it's typically not found. That's no. difficult to get. Well, and, and if we are angry or we are triggered or we are, um, our feelings are hurt, right? Something has happened to us. We're in trainers. We're going to take a frequency and we're going to push it out there. So we make, in, in our pain, we make everybody around us uncomfortable, right? Because, because we're, we're sending that out. Um, when we're angry, when we're super excited, we can shut down electrical devices. You know, my husband used to say, you know, when, when we were married, you know, if you're pissed off, stay out of my office. I cannot afford for my computer to go down right now. <laughs> We ignite, you know, it, yeah. it, there's a responsibility that, that what we carry infects is infectious and mm -hmm. it trains into others. Yeah, yeah, totally. I would love to hear from all of you guys. You got some great comments coming in. I'd love to hear what your questions are for us as we're talking about all these different things, like what is coming up for you or if you don't have a question, you know, where are you connecting the dots? Cause I'm really loving this conversation that we have. And, um, I'm curious. So with work, you know, you talked a little bit about it, but do you find, I'm trying to think of how I want to ask this question, but essentially, you know, we're here to hold frequency as indigos and we are here to hold frequency in those matrix systems. So for, for those, those that are still operating in those kinds of systems, like Tracy who is working for the government, you know, how can they support themselves to hold that frequency and, and kind of put up with the energy that they're rubbing up against while they're doing it? Like, what are some tools? Are there any tools? <laughs> I went to mystery school in Seattle and, you know, after a full year of studying, the last piece she brought in was the four agreements by Don. Mm -hmm. And I've always thought that was kind of a light, fluffy book, you know, like, Oh yeah, sure. You know, be impeccable with your word. Right. But yeah. when we lay it out with tarot and we lay it out with the court cards and we lay it out with the energies of the polarities, then it ends up being that if we do our best, if we're impeccable with our word, if we don't take it personally and we don't make assumptions, then we go to that center, that Dharma center in the middle, which is I am always going to do my best and I'm not going to be hard on myself when I don't. I'm going to speak my truth, my throat, my chakra needs to be open. And I'm going to be impeccable with the words I say, because my words matter in what I put out there. And I have to watch how I entrain people with my words and my energy. And by not taking something personal is to when someone else's energy is going through, you know, I always use the matrix or the slow motion scenes, which yeah. is, I'm not going to let that it has nothing to do with me. I'm not taking that on. And I hold compassion on the fact that you think you can throw that at me. Mm -hmm. That is the hardest part because taking it personal and, and making assumptions are where the princess and the queen, that's where the feminine energies, 
the feminine energies on our planet reside is how we take things personally and how we are jumping ahead out of our anxiety and our mental constructs to make assumptions so that we're prepared. And, and those two are the ones that we're struggling with the most. It seems like we know how to do our best and we know how to, to not break our word. That's part of a, an old cultural acceptance. But when you draw the line down the middle and you have these two, which is if I don't take it personally, has nothing to do with me, then I res then I stand in my adult power, in my codes, and my systems start to open up, and I become more powerful as a generator of a frequency, because mm -hmm. I don't want to hurt, and I'm not crunched up in contract in, in in contraction, looking ahead trying to figure out what's going to happen. I'm not future tripping or making assumptions. I'm simply trusting because the queen is where. The prince, the king, the queen, all of these come to that wise woman, that sage mm -hmm. over assumptions. And that's where you trust earth. You trust life. You trust the world. That's the indigo power when we trust. Mm -hmm. And we've been, we were born into and raised in systems where we don't trust the earth. We don't trust the world. We don't trust people. So that's our growth edge as indigos. Mm-hmm. So this book ends up being something so much more powerful than I would have thought. And I'm doing a lot of coaching on how to understand when we're triggered, when we're taking it personal, when we're future tripping and making assumptions. Mm -hmm. Well, what you just said was so beautiful. I mean, it was really beautiful. And um, I'm going to remember 38 minutes, you guys, I'm going to remember that because it was just beautiful. Um, and it, it, you know, it makes me think it goes back to that victim triangle. I think, you know, we've talked about this on air, I think, and off air that, you know, as indigos, we get in that victim triangle, the victim savior, the victim narcissist, we get stuck in this cycle and this pattern because we do take things personally. And when somebody isn't being, in truth or aligned with their truth. And we see that they're out of it. We're either trying to rescue them or we're a victim of how they're behaving. And it really is the most profound healing journey as indigos for us to learn this compassion. I, I have this vision in my mind right now while we're talking, they're showing me an image um, of, you know, all of us as these like warriors with the, um, they're showing me very medieval, you know, with like all the armor and the helmets and everything. And that we have this sense of being all powerful and all knowing and, and, and being leaders. And we come into this world to learn compassion. And the best way for us to learn compassion is to be placed in that victim triangle and then have to remove ourselves from it. There's no one to save us from it, but ourselves. And it, it's so profound to me. It's just so profound to understand that as an indigo, because once you understand that it's a lot easier to come out of that cycle. You know, once you see, Oh, I'm actually this strong, powerful, wise being. And I meant to just like I'm generating frequency and as generating frequency, it's very important that I step into an emotional maturity that maybe most of us haven't been in or didn't want to be in because we're used to these human patterns, which have nothing to do with our, our soul. 
It's it's I love that you brought the drama triangle up the tri the victim triangle because mm -hmm. you know when you're coaching adolescents and parents, you know, you, the drama triangle is like the the go-to. And then the concepts of of being able to figure out how to get off of it, it's 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 beyond the comprehension for most family systems. And really it's an individual job. And we as Indigos know how to do individual work better than anybody. So when we step across that line out of that triangle and into self-ownership or self-management and recognizing that I'm not going to stand inside that triangle anymore and I'm going to choose to do something different. You know, I love that on, on, on the tree of life, it's Gebra, it's the, it's the right shoulder, it's Mars, it's free will. So I'm going to choose to not play that victim role anymore. I'm going to choose self-management and get out. Mm -hmm. Then you just sort of watch the rest of it go over there and it has nothing to do with you. It's going to keep spinning on because the world just keeps doing that. Mm -hmm. And just like you said, that is when we become more powerful. It's like this subtle change. It's actually the more subtle the change, the more powerful you become because suddenly you're, you realize I don't have to give my power to this energy and I can actually generate the frequency and the vibration that was expected. We have so many good comments. We have to, oh uh, mom told me over and over, I was too sensitive. I have to admit, I'm still angry about being dismissed. Um, Garen needed to hear that. Um, Ashley, I'm going to get to your comment or your question last so we can answer it. Tracy said, I learned most of that myself out of survival, I would love to know more of what attributes may be lurking in the shadows that I didn't even know are there. And then Ashley's question is, can you talk more about how indigos deal with responsibility, which I think is great because you were just talking about self-management. So mm -hmm. um, I love the word responsibility because it's all about choosing to respond. So I'd love to hear what you have to say about that, Denise. Well, it, it, responding to be responsive is a feminine energy. We are receptive, we are responsive, which means that something comes in and we mold around it or we let it go. We don't attach and try to change it. So the responsibility is that we, are, we take care of ourselves first. And we, we talked earlier um, about maybe using the oxygen mask analogy and now it's like the perfect time, which is, you know, when the oxygen mass falls in the plane, you have to make sure that you're, that you're strong enough to be able to help others. So you take responsibility for you first, because ingrained in us are these dormant codes. Ingrained in us is this um, fierce commitment to changing the world. We are scientists. We are masterminds. We know how to do this, but we have to, for, we have to learn to forget the pains the, the, this, the repetitive sentences that we heard from our parents, like you're too sensitive, or, you know, in my case, if you would just keep your mouth shut for one minute. And I was thinking, wow, watch how these things just shut you back up. And then you, they, they cripple us. And then we stop participating. So our responsibility is to let those go. They don't matter. And there's, and, and we can do that in some arenas. We can do that with, um, uh, noisy restaurants. We can do that with television commercials or programming. We can do that with children when they're, when they're upset and they're just noisy in the house, but we can't do that with ourselves. So how do we learn to do that with ourselves? Pay attention 
and just take care of this first. So responsibility comes here first and then outside second. Hmm. For the- yeah, you know, if I were a leader in a war <laughs> and I knew that there was this whole group of energies that held the Blu-ray frequency that was connected to their throat chakra and the sort of truth, then I would absolutely place them in consistent situations in which their throat chakras are closed down, suppressed, and, you know, not able to be at their full power. And for me, knowing that and understanding the, the art of war in, in this case, it, it, it creates this empowerment to step into that responsibility space and move past being a victim because mm-hmm. it, we, we must step into who we are at this time. There is no going back. Like we have to do this. We want to do this. We chose to do it. This is why we're here. That's why all of you guys are listening right now. Um, We came here to do this and we don't want that to hold us back anymore. We can't allow that to go on. And so becoming aware of where we're being suppressed in those areas, like you're saying, and, and understanding how to step into a space where we can take responsibility, come into our sovereign selves, be in choice, the sooner we can all do that, the sooner we can move past all of this transition. <laughs> well, and I'm a historian. I like stories. I like learning how the story started or where it took its little turn and whose agenda was moving it around. I love that stuff. So when I figured out that uh, the arrival of the indigo was something that threatened those that had control of our planet, those who held authority, Then there were things that were implemented, like the American education system of putting um, kids in school five days a week, nine months out of the year, over 12 years, so that they would have an inbred response to authority. They would always have a reaction to authority after 12 years. Um, Putting fluoride in the water, which shuts down the third eye, you know, silencing anything feminine, any intuition, any truth telling, you know, these are the kinds of things that when, when I realized that by intention, our indigo energy was so threatening that it had to be shut down from the late 1960s all the way forward, which, you know, when I go that, when I know the story now, I smile and I go, well, screw that. I know exactly what I need to do now. So then I go to the sides and I start playing the fringe and I start moving around and I find that I'm more powerful because I'm not pushing up against something and saying, why are they doing that? How come I can't fit in? I go, of course, I don't want to fit in. That system is trying to get me and us and I'm going to outsmart it. So using the analogy of, you know, if I were, someone, the art of war, if I were able to harness a military, I would pick a lot of indigos and then give them creative, like, how do you figure out how to get to that back door? And like, you know, an outlander where where they're all just these wild little rebel groups where they're, you know, which, which works. You Mm -hmm. go to our powers. Don't go up against a system that doesn't work. Go to our powers and move around the fringe, which is what we do. Mm -hmm. We're confident. And 
we're adults now. We're in the 35 to 60 year old range, which means that we are viable. We have our training. We have our resources. We're powerful. So when we can remember that we're indigos and we're in positions of authority now, positions of power, we are so much more effective as we awaken each adult on this show in each one who watches this and everyone who says, I know how to do this now. This is what I'm here for. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. It does. And it's why all of us Gen Xers love Star Wars, because that's what Leia did. <laughs> Leia and Luke and Han. I mean, this is why we love them, because they were part of the rebel force. And they're, they're, they were showing us through those movies what we are meant to do. I mean, truly. Helping us remember those codes inside of us, those assignments, those frequencies. And, you know, it didn't matter if we ended up being Star Wars geeks or Star Trek. I mean, I've got this whole entire selection, you know, collection back here of all the Star Treks. <laughs> like, how do we remember that we came here and we're here on an assignment and we're here to do a job? So let's do it. Mm-hmm. Let's yeah. break the rules and do it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Daydreaming. I like that. Daydreaming in class, lucid dreaming at night, it, stories dropping in and not knowing what to do with those. This is just the, the, the encompassing power of the indigo tapped in, holding a frequency, um, able to change things without effort and manifestors. So how do we become, how do we own those things? Well, yeah, that's the thing is like, you know, how do we excavate the gifts? Because it's very easy to look at the shadow aspects. Like, you know, I see a lot of didn't feel like we belonged, you know, the loneliness and that kind of thing. And so I think, you know, my question is, how do we excavate our gifts and activate and turn on the frequencies and the vibrations and, and what we came here to do? And I mean, that's part of this conversation. But like, to me, it's more important for us to look at that and, and let the, those shadow aspects kind of dissolve away. Yeah. The two words that come up in my coaching constantly are, is neutralize or normalize, right? Normalize. I'm sensitive. Normalize. I'm empathic. Normalize. I react energetically to things. Normalize. I had a painful past. Normalize it, right? And empower so when you normalize and when you empower, then you totally take the charge out of some of those shadow pieces. You're not ignoring them. You're not saying they're not there. You're saying, of course, that's what, that's that, that compiled everything that I am today and empower, which is to keep talking about the things that you do well, keep talking about the things that you shine at, keep, you know, empowering other people. And so, you know, to walk someone through an empowerment statement we're not used to it, which is, you know, it, being able to say not just, you know, hey, Lisa, I love you or I like this show, but to be able to say, Lisa, the way that you articulate words is magnificent. I could listen to you all day long. That's when it's like I'm seen, I'm heard. And so when we can empower each other by, by noticing what that other person does, noticing what we do ourselves, then we're, we normalize the, you know, the painful past or the issues or the conflicts or the, the battles. And we empower our skill sets. And we say, of course, this is who I am. 
So those are the two words that end up being the thing that pulls us in, in out of a re reactive childhood or um, addiction, distraction, pain-based, and puts us into a frequency of power. Mm. Beautiful. So good. And everybody's like, same here. Hell yes. I'm ready. Makes sense. I love it. Yeah. Like rallying the troops. Like that's what we're doing. You know, it's like getting all of us, all of us light warriors together so that we can hold those frequencies and change our planet, which is happening every single day. And if we're normalizing things like our feminine skill set, right? Mm -hmm. How do you say something in the middle? Like I, I was with the, the coffee, I was standing at the coffee stand today. And I said, you know, I, I just, my guides are telling me that I better not do coffee today. And, you know, like, it's kind of like watching them go, you're, you're what? And then other ones are like, ah, oh, yeah, of course you can't do coffee. How many of you have? And so you normalize it. You put things out there like they said, or my guide said, or I'm getting a feeling, or I've got images in my head of this. And so we start to bring it out and we normalize it constantly. I love it. I love it. That sounds like a great homework assignment from this show mm -hmm. is what, what can you normalize? What, what, what can you put out there what frequency can you hold? Because we're going to come back in a month. And I would love to know, you know, what is your intention tonight, all of you guys who've been watching for the next month as we go forward? And because we barely, we barely talked about a single thing on our list. <laughs> Time just flies in here. It just I've got three pages. We've got through halfway through the first one. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I'm doing a new thing, everyone. I really am excited about it. So I'm going to post um, this show um, on my blog, on my website. Um, but I'm going to share just a few of these traits that are on your list, Denise. And, and, and I would love for you guys to think about it, to comment about it. Um, to kind of, this is like an ongoing discussion. So we can treat, we can actually treat this show and the space where you can comment for the show, whether it's YouTube, whether it's Denise's YouTube or Facebook, no matter where you're at, um, as like a working document for all of us. Like, how are we working with this energy? So I'd love to hear from you guys before we close, like, how are you going to hold the energy? You know, how are you going to hold that frequency? I think, Denise, I, I don't know about you, but what I'm feeling after this talk today, I can't remember, you know, you spend so much time on so many different energies in your body. And I've spent a ton of time with my root chakra and trying to be grounded and all those things. And I'm really feeling like I'm going to spend some real quality time with my throat chakra this month. I, I think that feels really good. I haven't done that in a long time. And, and I really connect in with that Blu-ray energy, you know, and see what comes through that. What about you? What are you going to, what do you want to put out there for the next month? I, I like the throat chakra uh, because it's almost like we have to unlock, you know, whatever collar, whatever um, silencing has been there and start to speak our truth a lot more. Um, what I'm noticing for me is that the more I pay attention to grounding, like actually dropping the, the arches of my feet down on the ground and saying like, I'm, I'm kick-ass at holding when I ground, when I when I'm up being airy fairy and I'm out here, I'm not 
I'm not holding a frequency as strong as I am when I ground. So for me to keep going, you know, bringing my hips, my legs, my feet down into the ground and going like, I'm holding frequency right now and imagine holding frequency in whatever room or space or state or country or world I'm on is to use it through grounding. I love it. I love it. And we have, so Garen says, I've been working on solar, sacral and root. And Barbarella says, so far, I'm not feeling alone. So that's great. Um, but yeah, you guys keep sharing what your intention is, what you're going to hold. Because we've, Denise, we've only scratched the surface. <laughs> to do this every month for nine more. And, and you know, we're going to talk about our bodies. We're going to talk about illnesses. We're going to talk about ways to keep our bodies healthy. We're going to talk about codes and gene codes and, and light sapphire lights, uh, light codes. We're going to talk about it all right now, just to leave it with, we have a dormant code. We have dormant codes inside of us that are getting ready, if not awakening now. And so we've been holding them since birth and we want to make sure that we have a container where they start to flutter up and out and, and share with them with the world. So whatever you can do to trust the world, to let that open and to be there and hold that, um, I think that that's what our assignment is, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Yes. I love it. And Tracy says it feels good to know others are on the island. Yes. Yes. We are. <laughs> well, Denise, I love you as always. And you guys have been an awesome audience. Oh, so much going on here. It's just, it's to be seen and heard and have responses coming back and not, you know, I'm not talking to myself anymore. I, I get to talk with you. I get to talk about this. This is passion. This is fun. So thank you everybody for your comments, for signing on. For those of you who are going to be listening to our recordings, by all means, keep adding comments. You can always add the comments um, post-show as well and tell us what you're thinking, what you're feeling. We'd love to hear. Yeah. yeah. And I think what I'm going to do, you guys, is is create a, let's, let's get an indigo group in the Buddhist biohacker portal too. So everybody who's a member in there, I think we have like 80 people um, we can share in there as well. Comment on our YouTubes, comment on our Facebooks, comment on wherever. And for those of you who are listening on audio, um, I do hope that you come back and uh, join us live next time because it's going to be so good. I'm, I, I just love you. And I, I feel so energized and activated every time we talk, whether it's a show or a call or whatever. So I'm so grateful for you. I'm so grateful for you. Look at the, oh, that was one thing, the technical skills. You're just phenomenal at all this and you just make it look so easy. So thank you. Love you. You set this up and it's working for all of us. It is so great. I love you too. And thank you everybody for watching. Um, we will be back next month. So make sure you mark your calendars and, um, and then Buddhist biohacker will be back next month as well. So, um, look forward to all of that and love to all of you. Thank you, Katie and Garen and Barbarella and Tracy and Denise and who else was on here? Let's see. Garen was on there, Garen. Yes. Um, so many great. Oh, Miss Ashley. Um, so thank you to everybody who joined and we'll see you guys very soon. We'll see you on the comments. Hopefully like now, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I like that. There you go. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. I thank love you. It. Thanks, Thanks guys. Bye.